The Rosillo Show Pod on ESPN is brought to you by Bespoke with their Box of Awesome. Bespoke Post sends guys only the best stuff every month. They test everything in the Box of Awesome themselves, from style and grooming goods to barware, cooking tools, and outdoor gear. Every product gets put through the ringer before it gets put inside a monthly Box of Awesome. Again, just go look at it. Go check it out. Go to boxofawesome.com. Use the code Rosillo for 20% off your first box. I have my axe. The other day I was out back just chucking it. Somebody walked by and we're like, what are you, 14? I said, no, I'm 40. Where's your axe? Exactly. You know, now I have an axe. I'm getting, I'm getting sweet at throwing it around. And then I may come back inside and make it old-fashioned. So I don't know. You name a better Friday. I'll wait. To get started, take the quiz at boxofawesome.com. Your answers will help them pick the right box of awesome for you. They release new boxes every month across a ton of different categories. It's free to sign up, and you can skip a month or cancel anytime. Each box costs only 45 bucks, but has over $70 worth of gear inside. Get 20% off your first monthly box when you sign up at boxofawesome.com and enter the code RUSSILLO, R-U-S-S-I-L-L-O, at checkout. That's boxofawesome.com, code RUSSILLO, R-U-S-S-I-L-L-O, for 20% off your first box. It is Friday. It is the West Coast. I am here uh, a year ago, a spectator at the biggest beach volleyball festival in Manhattan Beach called Six Man. Apparently, this thing used to go hard in the paint. Um, and I don't know if it's just um, society being like, hey, you know what? We can't turn this thing into Burning Man for three days. So last year, I walked around. I probably said a few things I shouldn't have said when I watched some of the games of some of my volleyball buddies. I was like, wait a minute, not some of these teams are terrible. And they're like, well, yeah, it's six-man. It's not the AVP, dude. And so I'm playing in it now today. And uh, I've been back on the beach. I used actually used to be okay at it. Uh, played on the Vineyard a bunch growing up. And I hadn't played in over a decade. Started playing again recently. And I'm not that good. But... I still thought I was better than these guys. When you're not, when you're no longer good at something, but you used to be okay at, you still, your brain doesn't update when you watch it and go, oh my gosh, I'm terrible now. Look at these guys. You know what's funny is I was watching the tournament. You watching any of this off-season basketball stuff, Saruti? Not a ton, to be honest I don't with blame you. you. Yeah, blame I mean, you know, some preseason yeah. friendlies in soccer have taken over, so I'm kind of getting into that. So the, the hoops thing is taking, you know, is on the back burner for sure. Can we do a quick thing on soccer friendlies? Can you bring me back to this? Oh, man. Bring okay. me back to soccer friendlies. Yeah. I think you probably know where I'm going to be going with this. But I watched the tournament. I watched a little bit of the game. It was the Ohio State guys. I mean, I love watching Aaron Kraft play. Sullinger was the coach, had a backpack. He had the rare backpack on the coach look. You don't see that a lot. I don't think I've ever seen Patino do it. But um, when you watch the tournament, it should make you then kind of reappreciate the NBA. Because you go, oh, wait, yeah. And I know you could do the exact same thing with college, but watching the tournament, like, we're like, hey, you know, this is a collection of really good players. I mean, that aren't in the NBA that are, you know, still hanging on, getting together to play in this tournament, two million grand prize. If you're a basketball junkie, maybe you throw it on. Some guys love watching transactional type things where you see a player, they're like, oh, that guy, yeah, well, look at him now. Or is he good now? Or how out of shape is this dude? But just seeing that and then seeing some of the officiating and you go, oh, wait a minute, maybe the NBA is actually sick. So, that was a that was a slight little reminder, and it'll be a reminder for me today too. When uh, there'll be a couple of plays that I regret uh, in this volleyball tournament. So excited about that! I'm just trying to get through it healthy. I don't like saying that when I play hoops. I don't say hey that. I just want to be healthy. No, I actually still want to. People I'm get good. hurt in these volleyball tournaments. Is that like a regular thing? Uh, I think it's volleyball is a super dangerous type deal, but not really. No, no, no. You're right. You're right. I don't have to tackle anybody. I would imagine no one's going to tackle good. anybody. What's that? Just stretch properly. You'll be all right. Yeah, I'll be ready to go. I mean, the problem is, is a lot of guys start drinking at 7 a.m. So, and then playing? Well, yeah, I mean, uh, it's just... Yikes. Well, yeah. I thought this was like pretty competitive. There are dudes um, just out there like getting a hammer playing. I think, I think there's like just different missing tiers. Missing bumps that spike. Yeah, you know how there's like intramurals where they're like, oh, are you in A's or B's? I oh, yeah, okay, yep. D1, I think D2 this is had, a little yeah. different where it's the A's and then the B.A.'s. Okay. Or it'd be just, you know, they're like, well, wait a minute, we're not going to win. We just, we put together shirts. So yeah, I'm, um, it's way more fun to do that. I think to go ahead and play than to just sit there and, and watch. Um, unless you have a group with you and that whole thing, but you know me, um, you know, Kung Fu over here walking the, walking the earth solo. So 
a quick note on friendlies. Um, years ago, I don't remember. <laughs> I don't know if you guys remember the ultra controversial tweet I'd sent out. By the way, Damian Woody Super Bowl picks coming up. May revisit life advice with some of our applicants because West Texas Jake. I don't think he ever tweeted me. By the way, did did you notice so that? Yeah. How about that kid? He was like, "Yeah, I don't even need it." He kind of had to figure it figured out. Yeah, but I mean, there's a really good chance if he had tweeted at me and I tweeted, "Hey, this is West Check uh, West Texas Jake." Any current ads want to offer him up some advice? Well, this like is his reminder now. To, yeah. Well, okay. that's honestly, it's incredibly stupid of him to not take advantage of that because that was going to go a lot better than maybe he realized. But if he doesn't want to do it, he doesn't have to. Um. Do you remember when I tweeted out about the Red Sox and Blue Jays during the summer a few years ago? I don't think you do. Though. I don't think so, no. Okay, well, so maybe if you remind me, what else were the details? You know I have my stretches of, of watching baseball, okay? Oh, yeah. And I, I get really excited in the beginning, and then the NBA playoff thing sort of takes over, so I don't even know if I even put baseball on the other TV. If it's a third TV setup that I used to have, I would throw it on. Um, and I'll throw on some of the whip-around shows late at night, and then I kind of have to just shut it down for a stretch, and now I'm kind of back in, right? I'm back in. And um, although when I watch the home Red Sox broadcast, I'm just going to say it, it's such a tough broadcast. They, they <laughs> The way they, they jump out of replays, they never show you the way they're out of commercial. Although MLB Network for that Yankee Sox series missed a home run and, like, another huge play. We're in commercial during a home run. Like, well, this will work. This is a good way. Hey, how can we grow baseball? Let's have more commercials <laughs> during home runs. Um, so I'd sent out a tweet, just a totally insignificant, like couldn't have been less, on, kind of laughing to myself as I'm sending a baseball tweet, right? Because anybody who's not Mr. Baseball that sends out a baseball tweet, I think more so than any other sport now, I know Will thinks it's basketball, but basketball guys are just more vocal because there's more basketball NBA Twitter than there is baseball. And it'll be like, huh, whatever, stick to basketball. He's like, you know nothing about the double switch. Like, well, if I can do it on a video game, I'm pretty sure a manager should be able to figure it out. Um, but it was during a women's national team friendly. And, oh, uh, yeah, yeah. And I was a victim of cyberbullying. And it was three, maybe four women. Um, I believe like two of them were journalists, blue checks. I'm thinking Missouri. Uh, Mizzou was hot back then just as a state in general, although Missouri's not referred to as Mizzou. This gets to school. So I just want to clean that up. I've, I've had that correction before. Um, and it was, how dare you watch baseball when there is a women's national team friendly? And I thought, well, because I, 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 don't, I don't really watch stuff that I don't have to talk about. And, you know, I still really like baseball. That's all. And it was a barrage of, you're not comfortable being a man. You have, you have female issues. And I'm like, well, how do you, Toxic yeah, maybe. Is what it is. Yeah. I'm like, honestly, that may be true, but I don't think it's because I said something about the Blue Jays bullpen. Um, and it was, it was tough. I didn't really want to talk about it. I don't want to come. I mean, I was thinking about doing an op-ed for the Atlantic victim of cyberbullying, but they turned it down for whatever reason. Um, so last night, I tweeted something about, like, I think the Red Sox in that series against the Yankees is total fool's gold. I've watched this Red Sox team all season long. They're really weird. I honestly can't believe that team won the World Series and beat the teams they beat. To beat the Yankees, who I thought were better than them, the Astros, who I thought were better than them, and the Dodgers, who were kind of right there, and then beat them in five and almost sweep them, and win all of the games they did, and win one-run games when they had this shaky bullpen, and Kimbrell, who can still at times be impressive, but you could see that his location and things were falling off and they didn't want to pay him. But they're like, hey, remember that kid from Japan, Brazier, who's the most annoyed reliever ever? Like just every time he's on the mound, like, ugh, another slider. Um, you know, he didn't work out. And they've, they've had all these bullpen problems. I'm like, man, it feels like that Yankee series is misleading. And Hardo, Hall of Fame game football guy, jumps in going, dude, football's on. First of all, I have two TVs. Okay. So anytime you say anything to any guy that does this for a job, most of us have more than one TV because that's the job. So to do the how come you're not watching the other thing, it's one of the dumbest tweets you can send to anybody who's in this business, okay? Because most of us are doing well enough that we can afford a second TV. That's not bragging. That's like asking a carpenter, oh, wait, you're using a framing hammer? Be like, no, I actually have a finishing one as well because I'm a carpenter. That's it, man. Tools of the trade. So it wasn't to the level of cyberbullying that I got... But I just thought that that was interesting. So am I no longer misogynistic 
because I tweeted about baseball during the Hall of Fame game when those accusations were flying fast and hard. Yeah, I didn't really like the whole, like, football is back thing. Like, oh, we have football tonight. That game sucked. I mean, who... It was terrible. The kid from UVA was in before the first quarter was over. And you know what? I should I should take that. Not shop. I don't want to be. I don't want to judge people for watching no, that it was game. Terrible. That's fine because there are plenty. No, of people I'm not who, judging. There are plenty Go of ahead. people who like want to scout some positional groups and blah 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 blah. blah. Yeah, right. And I and I get that. But to shame other people for not wanting to watch that is like peak 2019. Like it's insane. Like I have other stuff going. on. I can't watch some random. You know, the, the Hall of Fame game is always terrible. Nobody cares. Neither starting quarterback obviously was even. I think suiting up so who like what's the point um i mean unless you're just a really big drew lock fan which didn't go super well i heard no you know he wasn't his completion percentage wasn't uh bad but it just i mean look kevin hogan and the most interesting Ho- part of that game is that what's his name vic fangio passed a kidney stone and still coached that was the most interesting part of that game i thought didn't pass the kidney stone. oh i thought he did pass it well either way he had a kidney he? stone let's and look, he still let's, coached. let's get research on this um, did Vic Fangio pass kidney stone? This is riveting. Mm. Oh, he is currently. Yes, yes. Vic Fangio coaching despite not passing kidney stone. Oh man, so it's stuck in there. Uh, although I don't, I don't know if anybody's checked in on him yet. You know, he's got a so, lot of kidney stone issues. Outsider, uh, outsider. Yeah. No. Outsider. Speaking of outsider, he will send me a, hey, can I have a Madden code? Oh, the answer is no. <laughs> We're giving out copies of Madden to people that listen, not people I work with, um, because that's been an issue in the past <laughs> where is I have I have a handful of codes. We'll be giving away codes for Xbox and PlayStation. You and Big Cat, right? So, yeah, we're trying to think of the best way to do it. No, Big Cat actually didn't have any codes <laughs> yeah. and was sending people fake codes. And he was texting me, and he's like, this is hilarious. I go, no, it isn't. It's, it's awful. Like, nah, that's not funny. funny. No, nah, I think it's pretty funny. He was sending fake codes to kids. Yeah, but I don't know. I think that's kind of funny. You do? Yeah, I think that is really funny. You guys are jerks. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> People lose their minds about these code. codes. Like, so what if it's fake? No, no. Oh, like my it's God. It's like a fake code for health insurance. It's just it's a Madden code. <laughs> I can't believe. No, obviously, this is not. I, I can't believe you're on the same page with him. That's ridiculous. That, that really surprised me. You millennials sometimes. You're ruthless. I don't know. Just, I just, uh, they, expecting all these things for free, it's kind of funny that they think they get something for free and it's actually totally fake. Okay, but if you're a guy Plus, who's like, like if, a real person going, hey, listen to my podcast, let me know, I'm DMing codes right now to the next few whatever winners, blah, 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 and you're just giving dudes fake codes that go home, turn on the Xbox, fire, and the code, and he wasn't even giving out codes that match the number yeah, of characters like that you actually code. need. Yep. Yeah, and he was giving out, he was like, wait a minute, how long are the codes? I go, what are you giving out? He's just, he goes, well, I have just random numbers. <laughs> like an eight-character thing for a 16-character uh, and you code, think that's, that's totally good. okay? Yeah, I think it's funny. I mean, I don't know. That's kind of on brand for them. I just think that that works. I don't know. I saw he like so. I think Wingo and uh, it was Wingo and Rich Eisen were like stuck in the airport or something, and they were like tweeting out their issues with getting to the Hall of Fame game or something. And Big Cat just tweeted at them and was like, "Hey, I got a I got a Madden code if you, if that helps at all." Like that's funny. And it was clearly yeah, well part- short of what the Madden code would be. That's part that that is funny because he's those guys are like, hey, we're delayed, we're hanging out, and he's he's screwing with. Them. I'm just talking about the regular guy who's at home. So I don't know. He's I gonna save like, fifty bucks on a video. I feel game. like if you're listening to that to those guys, like you have to know that that's probably a possibility. Well, he ended up getting real codes, and then he go. said, "I'm going to make this right." And I go, "It's too late. You can't make it right. You get there's a there's kids out there with just fake codes." I don't know. Maybe I'm getting soft. Maybe L.A. Ryan. You know what? I would never send out fake codes. But you know what I'm not doing? I'm not giving coworkers codes either. Because as I tried to explain, I, I don't think I brought this up in a long time, the old gift shop, which we still have at ESPN's beautiful campus, the old gift shop back in the day, we used to be able to get every copy of EA Sports video games for 20 bucks before codes. Hard copies, $50 games, 20 bucks across the board. And guess what? Dudes bought them all up and sold them on eBay for 40 bucks. And ruined it for everybody else. And that's the kind of stuff. That's like my fake handicap pass guy. The guy that's like, yeah, you think you're not really doing anything wrong. But if everybody knew somebody at the DMV to get a fake handicap parking pass and started taking up the spots from people that needed it, then that would be a problem, wouldn't it? Wouldn't it? Right? That's why they're permits. And 
That's why, yeah, whatever. You made 20 bucks on every video game that you resold. You're probably making a ton of money screening. I get it. But then nobody else can buy the video games discounted. So we don't have the video games anymore. So, I don't know. Just trying to teach some lessons. I feel like this is really tense now. Now, currently I'm going through some of these uh, life advice emails. Oh, you just thought I was going to be rambling. So yep. you're like, hey, let me just let me just get this get this moving. Okay, speaking of getting moving, let's get another read in here. And then I'm going to talk a little bit about bad LeBron content week. Summer is here, and you know what that means. It's barbecue season. If you're like me, you'll be serving your friends, if you had them, and family, the incredible meat from ButcherBox. ButcherBox, man, that was insane. Just a huge box of meat shows up, and you're like, oh, wait, and a ton of bacon to throw it around the grill? It was unbelievable. From grass-fed beef to free-range organic chicken, the chicken's awesome, to wild-caught sockeye salmon from Bristol Bay, Alaska, not Connecticut. Butcher Box has over 20 different cuts of meat to choose from with customizable boxes and a variety of other options to choose from. They work closely with the best farms and companies committed to raising animals humanely. This ensures not only an ethical process, but one that results in better quality, better tasting, nutrient-dense meat. How about that, Tad? I want a shirt that says nutrient-dense meat with no added hormones or antibiotics ever. ButcherBox is delivered right to your door with free shipping. And a month's worth of meat from ButcherBox comes out to less than 6 bucks a meal. Whether you're cooking for all your friends and family or just yourself, ButcherBox has the cuts and options you need to make every meal a memorable one. And ButcherBox is making sure you have burgers for all your barbecues this summer season. They're offering new members who sign up at ButcherBox.com slash Ryan, R-Y-E-N, $20 off their first box plus six free burgers in every box until October 15th. That's ButcherBox.com slash Ryan, R-Y-E-N, for $20 off your first box plus free burgers in every box until October 15th. ButcherBox.com slash Ryan. I want to talk a little about bad... um, content bad lebron content week it started off with the aau thing and you know i think i've discovered that i like my opinion on lebron the best of anyone and i know that's not that rare that if it's your opinion it's the one that you think is going to be right but i just feel like there's things i've been hinting at or i've even told people straight up and some of this came to light in this david griffin article with sports illustrated about as great as lebron is some of the challenges more so than the front office um, than just necessarily being his teammate because I didn't buy in 100% that nobody wanted to play with LeBron some guys didn't want to and after one offseason when no one went with him to LA which again he was surprised by that turned into that nobody wants to go there and you know I've argued with Will Kane about this I've argued with some other people so I think there's some truth to it but it's not an absolute truth it's not 100% truth uh, truth and it was proven out that 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 wasn't 100% truth because Anthony Davis wanted to go there. Now you can say, okay, wait a minute, Clutch sent him there. You know, that's why he wanted to go there. Okay, well, whatever. Anthony Davis wanted to go to the Lakers and he's really good at worst a top five player and he ended up wanting to play with LeBron. And I guarantee you for all of those that have argued that nobody wants to play with LeBron, if Anthony Davis ended up traded to another place, those people would use Davis not ending up on the Lakers as once again another piece of information, evidence, argument, um, that in their favor about nobody wanting to be used with LeBron. So you can't just be like, oh, Anthony Davis one doesn't count. Well, it does. It does. Okay? But there are challenges. Um, the challenges being that LeBron year to year in Cleveland hurt his own standing as much as it hurt Cleveland as a franchise because whatever trades they had in place, the Paul George one, some other moves, they just needed a further commit from LeBron. LeBron was like, no, it's just not the way I roll. I need to keep you on edge. I need to keep you challenged. I need you year to year to be worrying about me. And actually, that's not really a commitment to a team. And I think even though LeBron feels like in his power structure, which is revolutionary, we've been over this, the way he's done things, I think he actually hurt himself at some points. And no, at no point would their group ever, ever admit that. So Griff comes out and says that it was kind of joyless at times and that he knew after they won the title that he wasn't going to come back. Um, and he also, in the beginning, I thought, wait a minute, is this article really about LeBron or is it about Griff in New Orleans? And it felt like it was much more about Griff in New Orleans. And it still is. But then to revisit the LeBron part where he said he didn't feel like he had, and I'm paraphrasing here, the same kind of desire. Then LeBron tweets, Kendrick Perkins is all over Griff. 
Um, you know, this becomes that pro player argument where some media members, no matter what, every player is right every single time. I mean, look, you can watch LeBron and realize defensively he hasn't been the same guy for a couple of years here. So is that what Griff is pointing to? Is Griff saying that he's just completely checked out and he doesn't care about winning at all? Like, I would disagree with that. Um, and for those arguing that LeBron only wants to play with his son, which he does want to do, and he expects to do, and then he wants to own a team at some point, I still have a hard time believing that LeBron doesn't want to win basketball games or still find a way to get this Lakers team uh, into the finals. I, I just I don't think he's that at peace just because he's making Space Jam, even though a lot of people have said that. So again, for me, it's kind of agreeing with some and resisting resisting other things. So LeBron on the edges, I almost always resist. Is he still the best player in the league? Is he going to remind everybody, as Stephen A. has said, Stephen A. picked him to be the MVP? Is he going to be all that? Is is Griff completely wrong about talking about his diminished play? You know, all of these things. Well, well, no, I'm not. I'm not at that end. But to call him a scrub and to write him off and not have him as a top five player going into next year seems a little aggressive too. Like Simmons had him seventh, and I'm like, come on, dude, that's a little far. Rick Buecher saying, hey, look, the AAU thing where he goes out in the court and dunks in the layup line. That proves, once again, why other players don't want to put... Rick Buecher's been anti-LeBron, pro-Kobe since, like, 09, maybe earlier, when he called him, famously, a glue guy on the show with SVP and I, and I lost my mind. It was like, LeBron's a glue guy? I mean, you're basically... You're acting like he's Derek Fisher here, okay? Um, he's not a glue guy. So, the edges of the LeBron stuff I always push back on, where the AAU thing, yes, it's LeBron, and not every dad has that opportunity. None... None would. I almost say none of us, but again, technically not in that group. But I think if you're really being honest and you're paying attention about LeBron, there's a part of him that is desperate for attention no matter what the venue. And it wasn't just a I'm enjoying the hell out of my kid thing. There's a part of this where it's like I'm going to show off. I'm the, I'm the ultimate narcissist here where I... I just want a little bit of attention. And I think that's fair. And it's not the end of the world. It's not the end of the world. Like every single person can be described with their negatives or their positives. Every one of us. And it just is a matter of like, are the negatives so much more that that becomes your general theme as a, as a person? And I'm, I'm sounding a little Tony Robbins here, but you know, somebody be like, hey, Rasilla, surly, a little standoffish, but if you warm up to him, incredibly loyal and always has his buddies' backs. Okay. So the beginning part, if that's the only thing you know of me, You'd be like, eh, I don't know about that guy. But I pretty, I feel really good about the rest of me, okay? And if LeBron is a great dad, um, somebody who's generally positive, never gets into trouble, by the way, and has changed the power structure in a way we've never seen by individuals in team sports, the most powerful individual I've ever seen in team sports, and he's really good. And you want to say, oh, well, you know, when you get to eight straight NBA finals, I don't, I don't want to hear about the doesn't make teammates better argument because those guys don't make the finals eight straight years. So the majority of the LeBron stuff is really good, but it was funny kind of watching these battling factions. But like you have to be all in that what he did at the AAU thing is 100% awesome across the board. Doesn't bother me, don't care, wouldn't care if he did it again. But I do think it's fair to at least be like, this is kind of his deal, though, too. Like, this is the Magic Johnson waiting until the ball is tipped at a summer league game and then taking a seat courtside so everybody can see him do it because LeBron does the exact same thing. And that's that's it. And then it was really funny to see the people that stuck up for him. And then we started talking about fathers' roles in the community and all these different cultural things. And it just snowballed. And then it's like, oh, but you know what? I kind of thought you were racist in your taco video. So now I don't know what to do with you. Um I will defer to others on whether or not Screaming Taco Tuesday followed by a little mariachi thing at the end was the end of the world, but then I think other people would point out that there, there's some version of that video done. Um, and, you know, I'm going to stop myself there because I'm the white guy and nobody wants to hear what I have to say on any of this stuff. Let's do a read. This summer, the best way to discover new wines you're guaranteed to love is with First Leaf, the wine club that uses your feedback to curate wine selections to your unique tastes. Whether you're entertaining company or enjoying a warm summer night at home, First Leaf makes buying great wine easy by rating the wines you receive. First Leaf determines your likes and dislikes, and they only send the wines you love. You know what I love? is a good, dry Pinot Noir. I started by taking the First Leaf wine quiz to assess my exact wine drinking preferences, from sweetness to wine styles to even how adventurous I am in trying new wines. They learned 
all about what I like. First Leaf then created an introductory six-pack of wine for me, all for just $29.95. Seriously, an introductory six-pack of wine for $29.95. These wines normally go for 20 bucks a piece when my bottles arrive. I tasted and rated them online. First Leaf took my ratings and selected new wines based on my taste for the next shipment. My curated shipments just keep getting better. Try First Leaf Wine Club today. We're buying great wine. It's simple. I'm telling you, young guys, some of you are listening. You're not listening to me. You need to really listen. You're dating somebody. You're living with somebody. Maybe it's getting a little stale with the old wife. Year three, maybe. Just surprise her, man. A little first leaf. That's all it is. Sign up with my link, and you're going to have this curated wine box. You'll be like, hey, look what I did. I got as much wine, and I save money. We have something new. And then we could go online and do a quiz together. You know, Not 10 reasons he may be cheating on you. Like Those quizzes aren't great when she makes you take those. Sign up. With my link, and you'll get an exclusive intro offer, six bottles of wine for only twenty nine ninety five plus free shipping. Just go to tryfirstleaf.com slash russillo, R-U-S-S-I-L-L-O. That's six bottles of wine for only twenty nine ninety five plus free shipping at tryfirstleaf.com slash russillo. Damian Woody, Super Bowl picks, other stuff. Who'd you start a franchise with? Boom. A little NFL for you. Woody, a couple things that I heard you say that... I don't know that it really surprised me, but it may have been a warning to everybody else. The Pats come off winning a Super Bowl, and you're going around saying you think they're better. Why are they better this year than they were last year? Well, listen, I think for a couple reasons. One, I think the Pats saw the best team that kind of adapting their playing style from from game to game, month to month, year to year, better than any other team in the National Football League. So I know a lot of people have talked about Rob Gronkowski not being there and some of the issues that they may have. Uh, at the wide receiver position. But remember, this was a team that, you know, last year, especially the latter part, morphed into a ground-and-pound running team all the way to winning the Super Bowl. And But the reason I'm really excited about this Patriots team is on defense. I think for the first time in a very long time, I think this Patriots defense will be elite. Um, you know, the, the secondary, in my opinion, is the best in the National Football League. They have a bunch of outstanding players at the linebacker position. They brought brought in Michael Bennett, um, who to me um, is still playing at a very very high level, and he's going to put going to provide that interior pass rush. That's a very high commodity in, in the National Football League. They drafted a couple couple young guys that's going to help out on defense. So when you look at when you look at the the big picture, I think this Patriots defense is going to really really stand out this year. So you like this secondary better than the Ravens secondary? Is it because you like their starters better? Then I, I, their, their starters are good and they're deep. They are they are really really deep. I think they, in my opinion, they, they have the deepest secondary in the National Football League. They got a bunch of they got a bunch of guys and they got guys that can fill certain roles. They have tall, lengthy cornerbacks. They have shorter guys. So they got whatever whatever flavor ice cream you want, they got it. They got it in the defensive backfield. So they can mix and match with any personnel, any type of uh, player that, that teams can throw at them. Yeah, that would be – I mean, it started to come around, obviously, last year, but they've had some runs where they've won this thing with, I think, an awful secondary. So when you start saying, hey, by the way, they may have the best one, and, you know, that's up for debate a little bit, but at least you kind of know who their four are, and you look at all four guys, and you're like, all right, they should be ready to go. Gilmore actually graded out in some areas as the, as the best overall corner in the NFL last year. So, Well, I uh, think the, he is the best. I think he is the best cornerback in the, in the NFL. So for one season, you take him over Ramsey. You take him over, um, you know, I don't know, man. A lot of people, a lot of people seem to like – Oh, I don't know. I mean, Ramsey seems to be kind of – so you like Gilmore better than Ramsey? I like Gilmore better than Ramsey. And there's a kid down in Miami that people are going to be hearing about a lot too, Xavier and Howard. He yeah, their up. corners are good. But, yeah, they That's have good it. corners. So I, but I like I like, I like Stephon Gilmore. I think he's the best corner in the league right now. Okay, tight end for the Pats. And we're going to move on and get around the league here in a second. We know how much Belichick loves using these guys. I think in a way, sometimes he looks at the rest of the league and be like, does anybody else understand that this is like a really smart thing to do? But, you know, replacing Gronk, they're not really replacing Gronk of, of Gronk's prime because he wasn't the same guy last year. And Benjamin Watson's back, but he's suspended for the first four games. They got Lance Kendricks. They cut Safarian Jenkins almost immediately. There was another trade for a guy from Detroit that didn't go through. Um, you know, there's a couple other names there. 
is this enough depth? Is there is there enough to rely on here for all the different things they like to do with their tight ends? Uh, well, I think that remains to be seen. We won't know until uh, until we get to uh, some of the games. But listen, again, we talk about a New England team that can morph into anything. You know, as we talk about the tight end, you know, tight end depth and the question marks there, they have the deepest backfield in the National Football League. Okay, they go out and draft Damian Harris. Uh, you know, to go along with James White and Sony Michelle, Rex Burkhead. So they got a, you know, they got a bunch of guys in the backfield that can do a lot of really good things that can exploit you in the passing game. So what they might lack at tight end, they got backs that can that can that can uh, help shoulder the load in, so, in, in some of that area as far as receiving. Okay, let's look at some other stuff around the league here. Um, NFC-wise, going into it last year, it felt like it was so much deeper at the top than the AFC. Injuries changed some of those things. Minnesota takes a step back. Atlanta had a million injuries immediately. Um, we can talk about all these different things here. But who do you like out of the NFC right now? NFC is deep. NFC is is deep. Um, I think Philadelphia is going to be – Philadelphia might have the – I think Philadelphia has a very good shot of representing the NFC in the Super Bowl. I picked Dallas. I picked Dallas to represent NFC. I think, you know, with the pressure that's on Jason Garrett, um, you know, he's a lame duck coach. Uh, they got a lot of really good personnel on both sides of the, both sides of the ball. Um, the Chicago Bears are going to be – they're going to be in it. Um, you know, a lot of it depends on Mitchell Trubisky taking the next step. Minnesota, I think, is going to bounce back this year. Uh, the Rams, you know, people ain't even talking about the Rams. I mean, think about how good the Rams were last year, and not a lot of people are really talking about the Los Angeles Rams. So there's a <laughs> lot of the New Orleans Saints will be right there. There's a lot of teams that, that, could, that could come out of the NFC. Yeah, I was going through the depth charts last night, and I was like, oh, that's right, they get Cooper Cup back. And when you looked at yeah, that's right. that, that's it, that's a pretty big piece. Yeah, when you looked at that stretch, I think when all three of those dudes, when it was Cooks, who I think is a little overrated, but when it's Cooks, Woods, Cup out in the field, the receiving numbers, when they were all healthy, I think they had three of the top 11 receivers in the NFL, and it was just, I mean, it was just stupid. So Cup actually probably the steadiest out of that entire group. Um, staying on, staying on some of these teams here, there was a thing up on ESPN.com, and it was an exercise in trying to figure out if you could build your NFL team with anyone. So it was 55 different writers where they go, okay, you're starting a franchise, you get this pick first, and then your second pick. And Mahomes was the runaway pick to build around. Obviously, Brady being a little bit older, Rodgers still did get some votes there. But there's there's no surprise. Is there any resistance from you? Would you go with anybody other than Patrick Mahomes to start your franchise with? No, I mean, listen, because this whole thing, a lot of it is predicated on age. I mean, you're talking about a guy in his first full season starting was a league MVP. The first full season started through for 50 touchdowns. I mean, that's, that's, that's insane. And usually guys get, they, he's going to get better. Now, I don't know if he's going to throw 50 touchdowns, but he's going, he's going to become a better quarterback from a cerebral standpoint, which is going to make him a, a better quarterback, period. So it's 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 a no brainer that if you're starting a team, you're going to start with a young gun like that who has so much potential moving forward. Yeah, you know who who got a ton of love was DeAndre Hopkins, and he actually had more votes than any other receiver. And I I thought that was in, not that I disagreed with it, but the way he's talked about it, it's either Odell, it's Julio. You know, some people will tell you, look, line up Antonio Brown wherever you want, and the guy's going to get free. He's the best route runner that's, that's, that's out there right now. But I was, I was just talking with somebody else the other day from the league who was like, man, you can have the rest of those guys. I'll take Hopkins. And then days later, I looked this up and New Hopkins was the most highly regarded receiver. Are, are we not sleeping on it, but should we just admit the fact, like starting week one in 2019, that this is the steadiest guy at the position and maybe the best? I, <clears throat> I wouldn't disagree with that statement. Listen, I mean, think about this from from DeAndre Hopkins' perspective. He's younger than Julio Jones and Antonio Brown. Two, look at the court. Now he's he's played with Deshaun Watson for a couple years now, Barely, but though. earlier earlier on in his career, look at all the different quarterbacks he used to play with, and he was still putting up big time numbers. So that just speaks volumes to 
you know, his greatness that, you know what, it doesn't matter the quarterbacks that I have out there. I'm still going to, I'm still going to put up numbers. I'm still going to, you know, get yards. I'm still going to get my catches. So I have nothing but love for DeAndre Hopkins. I love him as a receiver. I always feel like, you know, the Odell stuff may, he may make the best catches consistently out of anybody in the league. Brown, they're out running. Jones, the physical part of it. But Hopkins is healthier than all those guys. And I feel like if you throw it up, it doesn't even have to be that terrible jump ball play. But if, if it's, if it's thrown and, and he is covered, he's winning. He's going to win like every time. And because, I don't know, maybe it's because he's not as flashy as the rest of those guys. But that, I thought that was really interesting. I thought it was really interesting, like, going through it. Mahomes got 42 of 55 ballots. Wow, he's actually off of 13 ballots. But he got 37 of the number one votes out of 55 voters. Donald um, had eight number one votes. He was on all but two people left him off his ballot, and they picked 10 players before Aaron Donald. Jeez. Um, Khalil Mack was 42-55, but this actually surprised me that Hopkins was fourth, fourth overall to build your team around out of all these guys. So uh, somebody voted David Bakhtiari as their second overall pick. So they went Mahomes and then Bakhtiari. Was that your vote as an offensive lineman? Did you vote him? <laughs> it might have been. It might have been. But uh, listen, honestly, I, I would have probably – I wouldn't have went Bakhtiari – I probably would have went Quentin Nelson before Bakhtiari, to be honest with you, because you look at the league, these pocket passes, a guard, an interior guy, to me, may be more valuable than a tackle. Because you got to have the, the quarterbacks know they can avoid the edge rush guys as long as they can be able to step up in the pocket. So to be able to have a guard in there that can keep the depth of the pocket, to me, is more valuable. Yeah, that's just not the way. I mean, we've been talking about guards and the improving value of them um, quite a bit now. I think the last few years, Zach, Zach Martin, part of that. Um, Zach Morris, not as popular. Uh, Kelsey, same deal. Um, but, you know, now we're talking about a center. So I, I, um, I'm going to go look at this here again because, yeah, Nelson finished eighth. He was on 21 of 55 ballots. So the way it went, again, from the top, um, Mahomes, Donald, Mack, Hopkins, and then Bakhtiari, Saquon Barkley, six, Jalen Ramsey, Quentin Nelson, your guy, Derwin James, and then it rounds out with Vaughn Miller. You know, it's funny because we were jumping back to the corners, and I went, wait a minute, who's the third guy I'm thinking about? And it's just such a drop-off of depth, or at least the way, like the safeties are the in thing right now. And for corner, only Ramsey, Gilmore, were on ballots, and then it was just a handful of votes for Lattimore Fuller on the Bears, Patrick Peterson, and then Chris Harris still with the Broncos. So it actually feels like the depth of corner. We don't have the star power that we used to have. Who's your favorite safety, by the way? Because the arg- the, the argument between James and Adams seems to leave out your boy down in Tennessee. I love both of those guys. I I, I can't honestly. I they're they're like they're like one and one. Um, they're both versatile. Um, Derwin James might be a little better in coverage, but those guys are to me that they, they, they're the clear cut best safeties in the league, in my opinion. I, that's just the way I feel. So no not Bird, Tennessee. Else. I, he's a he's a hell of a player, but I, I mean for it, for me, if I'm picking safeties, I'm picking those two guys. I'm picking Derwin James and Jamal Adams. Okay, all right. I want to talk camp with you um, because I always feel like one of the greatest things about all you guys and you know the guys that played is would you would you agree that you guys talk like a bunch of women in the makeup room once there's a draft pick who's not any good (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah we we definitely talk because you know what we know we see it you can you can tell early on you can tell early on like ah this guy man this guy this guy's going to help us. This guy's a hell of a player. And then you'll see some guys like, ah, this guy's just not going to cut it. Um, I, I've, I've, I've seen it many, many times, both, it, both ways. Uh, whether it's uh, Calvin Johnson. I mean, the first time I saw him on the field, I'm like, this dude, man, this dude is a, this dude is a gold jacket player. 
And then I seen, you know, Vernon Ghosted, and I'm like, oh, man, this dude, man, this dude is stiffer than my grandmother. So, yeah, it's you can tell you can tell pretty quickly just by going through practice who, who's who's gonna who's gonna be a stud and who's who's not gonna be a stud. Okay, so is there somebody that you were wrong about that on first impression you were like, this isn't gonna work? Well, yeah, when I when I was playing with the Patriots, we had a guy by the name of Stephen Neal who was uh, a former All American wrestler. I mean, he was one of the greatest wrestlers in NCAA history. And he didn't play college college football, and uh, he you know he would had the opportunity to try you know trial with the Patriots and and I'm thinking to myself I'm like wait a minute this guy is a former wrestler that had, you know didn't even play college collegiate football and he's expected to be out here and, and play with the pros man please this is not this is not going to happen but and man, it worked I, out I just kept and I, but man I just kept watching him. And obviously, he was getting great coaching from from Dante Scarnecchia. He had very dude is very he was very athletic, and he just was man busting his tail. He worked, 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 and he turned into a heck of a guard, man, a heck of a guard. So I was definitely wrong about that one. Did you guys were you scared of him knowing that he beat Brock Lesnar in an actual wrestling match? Oh, well, I just knew. I'm like, I can't. I, he was the nicest guy in the world, but I knew, if, man, if I piss this dude off, this dude might put a move on me that that I'm no, I'm not breaking free of. So, yeah, he was a nice dude. You, you weren't going. He wasn't going to get in any type of fights, but I didn't want to see the other side of him. I can tell you that much. <laughs> Who were you actually most afraid of as a teammate? Which teammate were you like? That is the number one guy I want nothing to do with. Um, man, when I was with the Jets, man, I had a team uh, teammate by the name of Wayne Hunter. Now he was um, he was you know po- he was Polynesian. Like those guys, let me tell you something. Those guys, you don't want to fight. You do not want to fight. You don't want to you piss them off or anything like that because man, it takes a whole bunch of people to, to you know to to calm those dudes down. You ask any any players that play in the, in the league about guys who are, you know, Polynesian, those are the guys you definitely want on your side as opposed to on the other side. <laughs> Wait, what was his name? Lane Hunter? No, Wayne. Oh, Wayne, Wayne Hunter. Oh, I was going to yeah, say. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah man. I couldn't find. Uh, yeah, Wayne Hunter. Yep. Yeah, okay. 6'5". Some size to him here. Oh yeah, yeah. oh yeah, yeah. Oh, strong as an ox, strong as an ox, and and had a temper to match. <laughs> um, yeah, he started at Cal, transferred to Hawaii. He was uh, he was a third round pick here. Yeah, he was actually in the league for a bit. Um, did you were you a guy that because you're you're a friendly guy, you got a big smile. Did people think you were soft? Or did they no, know? No, 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 They, you know, people would talk trash, but that that was right up my alley because I love talking trash. So yeah, I'm I'm a very anyone who knows me knows that I'm just a man. I'm just a, a like a teddy bear type dude, just real friendly and all those type of things. But boy, you piss me off. It's a whole nother it's a whole nother action boss. So I can tell you that much. So. um yeah, getting out on that field, cats start talking trash. Oh, it's it's on, it's on and popping. Yeah, I believe you. I and I, I probably if I didn't believe you, wouldn't tell you that to your face. But, uh, <laughs> I, I, I do, I do. I think I can tell who has the switch and and who doesn't. Most of you dudes that play actually do have it. So, um, okay, that's good. That was that was really good. Wayne Hunter. We're gonna mark that one down. See if we can't get him on the podcast at some point. Yeah. Okay, give me the offensive line you're most concerned of as far as contenders. Like teams that you go, you know what? Everybody's talking about this team, but I don't just I just don't see it with their line. Man, contender. I think Philly has a the Philly has a very good line. But Jason Peters is is old is getting he's really up there in age. Man, if he gets hurt, man, it's um that's kind of a big deal for them. It's kind of a big deal. And then you got, you know, Carson Wentz who's who's an injury prone quarterback, so 
I think that's a situation that you got to keep your eye on. Yeah, okay. Uh, you know, one other thing, I want to ask you about Lamar Jackson because I feel like everybody's excited off of what happened last year. I'm still not sure what it is, and I have no issue with them going to him to start games, clearly, and, you know, it, it turned things around, and they're talking about this run-heavy offense that we've never seen before. You know, maybe they're just talking. But their receiving core, man, this is – I think this is the last thing he wanted. I, granted, every team – you can't have some top position group across the board. Like, every team's going to have a position group where you go, man, how are we starting week one with this group? But it's Willie Sneed, Miles Boykin, Hollywood Brown is is injured. The depth after that, I mean, if you go through the depth chart for the Ravens receiving core, there's a lot of like, huh? Who, I mean, who's that? Um, how worried are you about him, not just in his own development, but knowing that weapons-wise, this doesn't look that great? Well, here's – well – I think you got to look at the, the whole picture. Um, they got a bunch of tight ends. They got a bunch of good tight ends. They got they're like three or four deep at tight end. So they're the tight end position is going to play maybe even a bigger role in their in the passing game than the wide receivers. Um, so listen, playing the Baltimore Ravens is going to be like playing a service academy. And what I mean by that is in, in college, you in college. You'll play, you know, you'll play a team, play a team, and everyone kind of running some version of, of an offense, and then all of a sudden when you play a service academy and they're running a wing tee. <laughs> like, that's hard to prepare for. And it's going to be the same thing with the Ravens. Everyone, everyone's going to play these quote-unquote traditional-type offenses, and then, bam, the Ravens come up on a schedule, and you got to prepare for something totally different. And it's going. It's going. It, it, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough to play those guys. No, you're right. They got Boyle back, Caden Hurst, Mark Andrews, who I, I did love in college. Um, I guess I don't know. I mean, unless like if I, if if Marquise Brown is the guy and everything's good health wise, then now we're talking about kind of a game changing new from the outside, at least from what we saw in college. But I I don't they're, know. They're, I, they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna run run run. And then they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna with the speed that they have on outside with those guys Willie Sneed and Hollywood Brown they're gonna they're gonna drop some bombs now whether they get completed or not that you know we'll we'll see but it's gonna be heavy run 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 and then go go for the jugular. So your Super Bowl pick is Dallas versus New England. Have you gone with Will Kane? Does he does he want you to co-host every day? <laughs> I'm trying fall. to avoid him because if I tell him that, then like he'll try to eat up all of my time um, in the, in the afternoon on his show. So he might have heard, but I don't know if I've told him directly. All right, all right, that's good, that's good. Hey, Woody, I always appreciate it, man. We'll check in with you soon. All right. All right, man. No doubt, man. Before we do a little revisit on the life coach thing. I actually love Sarudi's revisiting here, so tell me to shut up because um, I, I feel like the age thing makes you better on this. And then we're going to read maybe a couple emails and see if there's anybody else we want to get a little summer session in. Uh, before we do that, though, ZipRecruiter, you know how great they've been to the company. Um, they've been great to me. They've been great to so many of our podcasts, and I, I mean this in all sincerity. This isn't in the read. If you want to do us a favor and you like these podcasts, just check out ZipRecruiter.com slash Show. Kick it around. Maybe there's something that triggers something in your head. You may be thinking, hey, that's not me. I don't own a business. I'm not hiring. I don't need to worry about that. Maybe you will be, though. And maybe what you see now on a site will trigger something in your head that gets you thinking about the business that you want to start or revamping the way you run your business or you actually see something on there where you go, wait, this can actually help. And then you have that information or three years from now, you go, you know, I remember what the ZipRecruiter site looked like before. All of this stuff is information gathering if you're in this kind of world. And even if you're not and you think you might be, just go check it out, ZipRecruiter.com slash Ryan Show. That was all generic. Excuse me, it wasn't generic. I just I just said it because I want them to know how important their support is for this podcast. And if you guys can help us out by just checking it out, that'd be awesome. Anyway, ZipRecruiter sends your job to over 100 of the web's leading job boards but they don't stop there. With their powerful matching technology, ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job. As applications come in, 
ZipRecruiter analyzes each one and spotlights the top candidates so you never miss a great match. ZipRecruiter is so effective that four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. And right now, my listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash Ryan Show. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Ryan Show, R-Y-E-N Show, ZipRecruiter.com slash Ryan Show. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. What life coach stuff do we have? Do you have any last-minute West Texas Jake stuff? Not West Texas Jake stuff. Um, we've got, I mean, we, we, we consistently get new emails about it. Some of them are just like really intense. A lot of them are dating related. And I know last time you were kind of looking for someone who was just kind of a deadbeat and needed Disaster. a motivation. Yeah. I think we may have one. Um, hey, you on. were the worst applicant. You sound like it's pretty Well, bad. he even admits to you it. You win. Hold on. I got to find it. Hold on. Um, here we go. Yeah. This guy's like, I'm about to turn 24. This is, what's his name? Hold on. Name is Harry. I'm about to turn 24, overweight, undermotivated. I have all these plans and things that I want to do in my head. I barely execute any of them. And when I do, it's not to the standard that I wanted and I rush through things. Um, I've done everything under the sun. I've worked part time on farms, blah, 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 a bunch of different odd jobs. Essentially, he just wants somebody to, he essentially needs someone to tell him like it is. And he wants somebody to bounce his ideas off of to tell him whether or not they're good or not. He is, let's see, rough relationship history, currently has an undefined relationship, born and raised in Long Island. Undefined by who? Because depending Probably on who's... him. <laughs> well, I know that. I mean, but what if she's saying, eh, you know, this is sort of undefined. Well, that, oh, that yeah, means I can define it. I can define it right now for you. Yeah. Um, we have an anonymous one who calls himself Harrison. 31... South Carolina. Um, he wanted to do something different in his life, so he moved there. That's cool. Charleston's awesome, so that's a good start. High school teacher. Loved coaching, hated teaching. Okay, not great to be a teacher if you hate it. Um, worked in real estate. No way. Um, he feels like he's having a sense of crisis. Oh, 30. Well, the last paragraph is where it's at. He says, uh, single guy, there's a lot worse places to be than Charleston, but strangely, I have no desire to date. Every date I go on feels like a chore. Uh, doesn't want to do anything. My financial situation is a problem. I'm living paycheck to paycheck and have extended myself a little further than I'd like to, uh, to the point where I'm driving an Uber. Occasionally. Occasionally. Mm. Wants advice to get out of this funk. I've dated a few girls in this small town, so in a sense, I'm off limits to basically every other girl in the city. That is the worst attitude you could ever have before you go out. Yeah, you know, guys will do that sometimes. They're like, oh, you know, I'm, you know, I'm not really dating, but it's it's not because of me or my attitude or lack of confidence or lack of lack of success or because I'm not as attractive. It's because I hooked up with one of the waitresses, so now all the other waitresses hate me. <laughs> Because <laughs> I guarantee you, if you... I mean, Charleston's a pretty big place. Like, right, if you were here. an awesome catch, and maybe you are. I, I think you're in your own head right now. I don't know pictures. We don't even have a real name here, so I don't want to make this sound like... But, I mean, this is there's such a defeatist tone in this, and that's why the guy's reaching out and getting some help here. But whenever guys... Guys do that stuff. All, look, I'm admitting it because I've done it before, where you're like, oh, yeah, I mean, that wasn't really a year where I was I was focused on that. I was, you know... I was kind of doing a me year. Like, no, actually, no one liked you. So, you know, that wasn't really your choice as much as the choices of the people around you, dude. So, um, yeah, this is this is a potential one. He's a little bit older. Uh, yeah, a little bit older. Speaking of the town, uh, we did a town rewatchables, my first ever rewatchables on The Ringer with Bill Simmons and Chris Ryan. And you may want to go check that out because I really enjoyed it. I told them I would only do one rewatchables and it would be fear. But Simmons <laughs> Simmons has a very strong yes-no game where he'd be like, oh, yeah, that would be, be an interesting one. And it's such a hard no. Like audibly, it's like, oh, okay, cool. I guess we're going to do a fear pod. And it's like, no, we're, we're not doing fear. That doesn't count. It's not a rewatchables. It didn't take place in Boston. Although Wahlberg, I thought I had a chance because that was really his breakout performance. He's so good in it. Although if you made fear today, they'd be like, yeah. Dog scene. Shut up to the house. 
I think I ever saw fear. I kind of want to end the podcast right now. The town, though, uh, you saw it, right? Yeah, but like 10 years ago, and I remember there was all this hype for it, and I was like, yeah, I don't know, it was okay. I don't know. I don't think I'd ever want to rewatch it. Maybe I should rewatch it. I don't know. The rewatchables, what's up? That's but like, I don't remember point. it being yeah. that awesome. I remember it just being an okay movie. It, I know you don't think anything ages well, um, Accurate. over like um, a few months. You're pretty, you're pretty, you're a hard marker, but, it does. It's better. And I think movies, a lot of the, how movies are received are, are based on hype, you know, where, um, there are certain Marvel movies that are so hyped up that I was like, eh, I don't know. And then there may be one, although some of the Marvel stuff, like, I just don't understand why it has to be a hundred characters in every movie now, you know? Well, not anymore. Phase four, dude. What's this phase is, uh, four? Phase of phase three ended with essentially, uh, you know, Endgame. And now, what's phase four then? Phase four is going to be like a Black Widow origin movie. It's going to be like another Spider-Man. It's like kind of the next thing. And they're not they're because I think they realize like, hey, like these movies are getting out of control. And then then Endgame was sort of the end of that era. And now they're moving into a different era where there aren't, you know, there's not going to be an Iron Man. There's not going to be, you know, all all the ones that we're used to. They're ones a little bit off. I think there's like a Doctor Strange 2 in there. Yeah, I wasn't a huge Doctor Strange guy. It's kind of some of the B sides of of Marvel, I would say. That was a little bit like my Black Panther thing, where I was like, "Oh, that's pretty good." Pictures well, it's Cumberbatch. Probably, so that's why everybody. Probably not. And then it's like, "Oh, you? Wait, I can't believe you said that, dude." It's like, yeah, I, I thought Doctor Strange was one of my least favorite ones. Wait a minute. Now what? Do, now what do we do? Now what do we do? It's a lot like my baseball tweets. Um. Yeah, the town's good. The, the town, I think at the time, the build-up, the lead-up, people were hoping it was going to be this thing. And I was going through the different Boston movie rankings and all this different stuff. Departed is way too high. And the town is now, when you go back and look at it and be like, you know what, this this movie actually was pretty good. And for, and for some places, I was actually surprised researching it, where it won top 10 film of the year. Um, I don't know if that was like Rick.TV, but like legitimate places were giving the town credit, although I think on Rotten Tomatoes there are stretches where it's had really bad reviews, and I I don't know. I didn't really get that. Uh, I thought it was good, but the original cut was four hours from Affleck, and Affleck was brought into the project after the fact. Like, he had done Gone Baby Gone, and maybe Argo at that point, and then it's like, wait a minute, Affleck's amazing as a director, so let's have him come in and fix this. And he, the research and everything he did was really cool, um, trying to get it right, because he admitted, like, hey, dude, I'm from Cambridge. I'm not from Charlestown, so... It's two entirely different worlds, and I'm just going to go and hang out and check the whole thing out. And shockingly, people weren't thrilled <laughs> when the movie came out. Like, oh, we're just a bunch of pill-popping bank robbers. Cool. <laughs> awesome. And then they have this paragraph in the credits, sort of, which I mentioned on the podcast, where it's like, hey, by the way, Charles Down, you guys are awesome. Most of you guys are great. Sorry. Sorry about this movie and how it depicts everybody. Um, I would say most of the Boston movies, despite all doing really well, um, they're not really compliments to the city. Uh, and I'm, I'm not saying that the, the city should be complimented. Um, but it's, I don't know. I don't know how that, that came out. Like, I don't want to sound like I'm dumping on Boston cause I'm not. It's just that you can't, you know, it's, it's a little bit like, I don't know. This is going to be dangerous here. Maybe I'll just do it. But like, if you're a Boston guy, you can't take pride in for the, the edginess, the toughness, your, your background, the, the, parochial vibe that you have and never really wanting to check out other places of the country. And I know like one Boston guy is going to say, Oh, whatever. I went to San Diego last year, but I mean, I'm telling you like guys <laughs> from Boston don't leave. They don't, they, they go there and they're like, this place is the balls and that's it. And very few guys, like most of my guys that are from there never leave. Even when we put together like good trips, in different parts of the country, they're just like, nah, we're good. Going to the Cape. Um, you can't have those things and laugh and think it's awesome and then be mad when somebody else points those things out. You know, it reminds me, oh, I'm not going to, I'm not going to touch the Baltimore thing, but you can probably guess the connection that I, that I have on, um, on basically whatever, you know, like there's certain things that like it's, Hey, I feel this way about where I'm from and this is the thing I take pride in and these are the things I think are funny and these are the things I think that are wrong with it. But wait a minute, you're from, you're from Chicago and you said those things about guys from Boston? Like, you're a jerk. Like, no. Anyway. Um, yeah, I would watch it again. I would watch it again. But four hours is long. It was 2.51. And then the studios, you know, they kind of know what they're doing other than a handful of guys. They let do whatever where it's, no, you got to make it two hours. If, if I tell my father, like, hey, this movie's awesome. We go check it out. I'll be like, how long? First thing he asks, how long? 2.40? No way. 
he just won't go to it. Just a pass. <laughs> yeah. I mean, forget watching a movie at home. There are countries where they use water torture still. I don't know what North Korea's most recent examples are, but there's another one where North Korea reached out to my father to be like, hey, um, <laughs> is there a way we could have you watch movies with our prisoners? And a lot of the prisoners were like, anything but that. <laughs> because my father would would just, you know, two minutes in to, to Inception, he, he'd be like, wait a minute. <laughs> what what is um what's going on here is, is that real is that guy real is this a real part why is that guy in the bathtub is was, was he taking top. a bath yeah why is why is he playing with a dreidel <laughs> is this a jewish movie no dad it's not a jewish movie well no it's not that there's anything wrong i just i didn't know why the guy why does he keep using a dreidel is it is this his take place during hanukkah no dad why is the van slow Wait a minute, why are they outside? Why are they dressed like the second Star Wars? Actually, my father would never pull that. Um, wait a minute, is that guy, is that guy dead? I thought that guy was dead. How come he's a million years old now? Why is the van slow? Why do they use the headphones? What's in that briefcase? And, you know, I mean, he, he'll watch Die Hard and go 10 minutes in. How come they don't just use the elevator? Well, because they're guarded. Why don't they use the staircase? Well, you know what, you know what movie would suck, Dad? Die Hard with Bruce Willis. Twelve minutes in, everybody figures out they can go down the stairs, and then they're safe in the parking lot. And now what? Yep, figured it out. We're good. Let's, everybody go home. Let's go back to the McLeans for a ham dinner. <laughs> <laughs> People are kind of ridiculous when it comes to, and I can do it too. So I'm I'm not excluding myself from the group. But when there are specific holes in little things where it's like some takeover or this should have happened or the cops should have done that or I should have done this. Like every freaking horror movie ever, don't go in there. Well, if you don't go in there, it's not much of a movie. Oh, my God, don't go in the attic. Yeah, you know what? Go outside, do some yard work, and then that horror movie will make way more sense. Won't be as entertaining, but the kids will be a hell of a lot safer. they just go outside. Yeah, like I always, you know, I remember I love Interstellar. It's one of my favorite movies ever. And people, some people hate it. Yeah, no, I totally get it. But after the fact, it's like we're bringing in like, all right, let's get Neil deGrasse Tyson on to like figure out if this is actually, you know, if this is real or not. And like, well, you know, the, some of the science doesn't really match up. And I'm like, I'm just not that worried about that. If we're being honest, like this but guy, there was, you know, there were some Inception people though that were like, wait a minute. So Christopher Nolan predicted the the sound wave motion time travel thing, and then there was some thing that came out a couple years later that were like, some of the principles of this are there actually. Yeah, and it was like, whoa, you know, real hardcore dudes were like, wait a minute, can we actually time travel? And did Christopher Nolan invent it? Um, I don't know if I'm, I don't know if I'm willing to go that far with it, but uh, yeah, I mean, just try not to. I mean, there's some movies where you just go, okay, that's totally stupid. Like that shouldn't have happened. That's that's a total reach. You just slam that next scene in there. There's no, there's no part of it other than just you want to get to the next scene. And then, you know, I think movies. That are, that are usually terrible movies is when it's like, hey, I had this idea. You know how many times I've come up with ideas where you're like, oh, you know it would be really good? And then first thing I do, I'll be like, okay, how would you end it though? Like, okay, that idea sucks. But I do think some movies get made. Don't you have to work backwards though too? I, I mean, or how will you let, I don't know, like you'd have to figure out the the ending first, right? So if I whiteboard out a pilot um, and there's one guy that's going to laugh as soon as he hears me say that because he's going to think that I haven't done it without him. But um, I have and I'm looking at one right now on a movie that I'm working on. And I have the first act, I have all the scenes in order for the most part. I know exactly what I want to do. And then act two is a couple lines. Act three is completely blank. And yet at the bottom of act three and how I'm doing this, and yes, I know there are different rules and I don't want to get into these debates. Um, but at the very end is, is the last scene. So you're right. Like it's not, it's not backwards. Like Sorkin is, said he has to do start to finish when he writes. Absolutely, like scene after scene. And actually, that kind of makes sense, and it's probably better, but I don't, <laughs> as I compare myself to Sorkin style, um, I I will be excited about a scene, and I'll write out the scene, and then I'll kind of plug him in, and then I'll figure out, okay, wait a minute, this actually doesn't make as much sense here, and now, wait a minute, now that I've written the, a scene before this, I'm going to change this dialogue here, and... Maybe that's a dumb way to do it, but it's kind of the only way I can do it. And yeah, as far as your whole point of like writing it backwards, I think some movies get made because it's a star, it's a director, it's a budget, it's a script that's been around forever. It seems like a cool idea, and then it's just a flop ending. And 
if I can't figure out something where I'm like, oh, that's kind of a cool way to end it, I don't even bother. I just, I just won't. But I have the last thing, which I know would be in this thing that I'm writing. There's no, um, there's no version of it ending in any other way than the way it's going to end because it's, it's based on a true story. So, I mean, that part of it's kind of cool. This is the first time I've ever tried to do anything that's, well, that's not, I adapted a book that was a true story, but, um, this is, this is entirely different because nothing's been written on it. So that's a little uh, writer's workshop for you at the end of the podcast. Yeah, so why don't I go play some beach volleyball? All right, Madden Codes, here's what we're going to do. I'll tweet whatever the rules are probably later today. And depending on how everything goes, who knows. So um, just just don't send me a 1,000 tweets saying where's the Madden Code. And you know what? If you didn't win, that means you didn't win. I'm sorry to be so ruthless about it. But, you know, guy on Tuesday being like, hey, did I win? Like, yeah, actually you did. I just I didn't want to tell you. All right, enjoy the weekend, everybody.